Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. It's BudPod128, is that right? 128, yeah. Got I want to eat. I want to eat a big steak. I want to. I want to eat. I want to. I want to eat. I want to eat you, but I can't. I love you. <laughs> That's good. That's that? good. That's a good. A kind of um, a very a sort of emotionally generous uh, Cockney man. I want to eat Love Island, but it's just such good TV. <laughs> Yeah, and that's good because that's the kind of conversations that people are having now that they're out of lockdown. Yeah, exactly. That's going to seem uh, relevant to our listeners. They're going to be back at the at the water cooler. <laughs> Those water cooler moments. We don't, we've never had a water cooler in our line of work. No, what's uh, what do we have? Green room moments. Green room, yeah, I guess. Sometimes green rooms have a kettle. Yeah, they have a kettle that is the same kind of slightly upsetting yellow. Um, it's that is the kettle from back in the days before they had swivel kettles. So it's the ones that you, you is with the square plug-in bit on the base yes. that you have. So you have to get it pointing in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it clunks in. Did you know the the ring contact kettles were originally invented for? Well, they're designed for people with um, arthritis, so that. Um, so that they could place a kettle down at any orientation mm. and didn't have to turn their wrists. And then they realized this is just better for everyone, and now it's the, the leading design. Gosh, and everyone just went, get me some of that. Yeah, I want some of that sweet arthritis shit. I want an arthritis kettle. <laughs> yeah. Why do they get... Why do all the rheumatoids get all the fun? <laughs> I've, I've just come up with a new... A slur for people with rheumatoid I was going to say, arthritis. yeah. That's, that's another Star Trek race. The rheumatoids. The rheumatoids. Their spaceships are designed for people who can't really bend over or grip. Yeah, they can dock at any angle. The ship can dock at any angle. <laughs> well, the, the war between the rheumatoids and the crevassians has been going on for a very long time. <laughs> the crevassians from last last week on Bunch <clears throat> the crevassians. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's amazing. I, I, uh, I, one of the, there's not that many people who, Went to my school, Phil, who have uh, amazing achievements. There are a few, but one of them is a guy who invented the thing that turns the kettle off once it's boiled. Oh, wow. Okay, well, this is from a while back. I, I presume you're talking about someone who was a contemporary of yours, but that, that's an old... <laughs> no, this that's is an old invention. The 50s or whenever, a long time ago. Yeah. So the... Right, so the, the device... The, the mechanism that turns off a kettle when it's boiled is an Isle of Man invention. Yes, although I, I assume he was long off the island and busy working as an engineer somewhere when he did it. But yes, it is, yeah. Wow. Uh, in, that, wow. in a sense. 
in a sense. Um, I'm never clear on whether Americans have proper kettles or not, because in, in TV shows, for them, drinking tea, I've learned this because it also came up, and I know we've already discussed this extensively, but it came up when I was watching, hate watching The Punisher. Mm. The only people who ever make tea in American TV shows or movies is like Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Uh, or like a grandma or a psychic or a therapist. Yeah, or or like a, a yogi mm. or a hippie or something. Yeah, Americans don't have kettles. It's it's weird. They have these big like <laughs> those big metal like cowboy kettles that they have to put on a stove. Yeah. They don't have electric Crackers. kettles and, and they only ever make tea in in an effort to kind of hold it with both hands and sip it and go, Are you okay? Like it's a sort of and it's never tea tea. You have to specify black tea. Yeah. yeah. It's, you're more likely to like find turmeric tea than English tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you like... Yeah, they, the, the psychic in the movie says, I'll make us some tea. She's pouring fucking cranberries into this cowboy kettle. I mean, I remember when I went over to America to do my first ever American gig when I filmed the, my Netflix set in 2018 oh yeah 20 minutes for the comedy lineup it was in atlanta georgia and um i was taken to my trailer and they're like would you like a coffee and i just said oh i'll just have a tea please it's a tea with milk and it's, and <clears throat> the runner too confidently well like misleadingly confidently <laughs> said sure tea with milk gotcha <laughs> and then i went and i got my makeup done and i came back and i found um a paper cup of hot water a tea bag that was um um orange tea as in like orange like dried orange or something right yeah flavored tea a cinnamon stick <laughs> and just a plastic cup full of milk a full <laughs> cup of milk he got you a little bit of christmas <laughs> That's astonishing I mean, but it's like the confidence of like Tea with milk, got it. Okay, some dried orange, a cinnamon stick, and a full glass of milk. Was your was your runner um, a five year old making a potion <laughs> from ingredients around the house? What you experienced there, Phil, was not just the unerring confidence. <clears throat> excuse me, not just the unerring confidence of an American whose job is to to serve you, but also the absolute dedication to whatever insane fucking request someone involved in entertainment might have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess, yeah, uh, that, uh, you know, in, in the entertainment biz in America, the whack, the wackier the option, the, the safer it is probably. Yeah. The, the more crazy your request, the more serious it is to get it right. Because yeah. you're clearly yeah. crazy. Clearly. So, if you'd ask for some white dog shit in a brown paper cup <laughs> and some lemongrass, he would have brought it. <laughs> you went, okay. He would have been just as positive about it. But I mean, no wonder, like, when Americans are like, and, and the English drink their tea with milk. And it's like, well, I would also be skeptical and disgusted by that if I thought it was dried bits of orange and cinnamon. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Yeah, you know, fair enough. Yeah, that would be insane. <laughs> or like ice, like Lipton iced tea, like mango Lipton. Just pouring. Lipton's a big. That's a that's a big brand in America for for black tea. Is it's all Lipton. <clears throat> yeah, and it's just it's, same in Malaysia. Actually, it's 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 the it's the colonial tea brand. It seems Lipton. 
Yeah, it's yeah. And anyone who poured a, a load of fucking cream into that would seem insane. Like they're trying to create some sort of Solero drink. <laughs> Speaking of drinks, um, Podbuzz, you might notice that Pierre's Tambra <laughs> is um, even more baritone than usual. Yes. Because he is in Edin- Edinburgh, <clears throat> Scotland, home of the drink. It's true. You're, you're hearing home of the pints, sound. Pints, pints, pints. Uh, what was that? Home of pints, pints, pints. <laughs> yeah, that's what they have on neon signs instead of girls, girls, girls. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're. Uh, that's right, Podbuds. You're hearing the the sounds of the effects of um, kilograms of haggis and liters of whiskey. Because <laughs> I'm talking to you from Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, scoot over to scoot, scoot over to Scootland. Scoot on by. That's right. You're the Edinburgh Fringe, the Edinburgh Fringe reborn. Yes, Edi- <laughs> Edinburgh Fringe rises. Yeah, that's the like movie. Like a cautious phoenix, <laughs> like a masked phoenix. Yeah, the masked phoenix sounds like quite a good sort of 1950s cartoon character, like a comic strip. Yes. Very, um, very filmed. When noir. dangers around, the masked phoenix uh, is sure to be found. Is, is sure to be found. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Fringe is very weird, Phil. It's very, very strange. I've only seen when I arrived. Everyone assured me there would be no flyers, as opposed to ten hundred million flyers, which is normal. Um, it's not quite none. A few have survived okay. the nuclear war. Um, They're like cockroaches. Yeah. Yes, and 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 some breeding pairs of human statues have lived as well. <laughs> the the wild population of human statues has not been depleted. There are a few uh, on the Royal Mile calling for mates. Well, it's very hard. It's, yeah, it's very hard to get human statues to mate, of course, because they won't move. Not where, they won't mate while you're watching. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> they want that money. <laughs> if you, yeah, you have to look away. Yeah, yeah, they need privacy. A few, um, a few street performers, and I didn't realize this would be something strange for me, Phil, until it's happened this fringe. But see how you see how you think of this. See if you agree with mm. me that this feels strange when you really consider it. An entire Edinburgh Fringe Royal Mile with some street performers on, but not a single Australian or Kiwi accent. Wow. Yeah. It's coming home. The fringe is coming home. <laughs> the fringe has come home. Almost everyone is Scottish. It's terrifying. Wow. Yeah. It's, it must. It must feel like how it was in the very first one that celebrated the end of the Second World War. Yeah. It's. It. It. I mean, everyone's like disproportionately local. There's not really that many flyers. There's most of the places that you and I know as having basically been wallpapered with posters for hundreds of miles of of wall and council property and bollard none of that's here really um so it feels like and and everything's kind of sold out i mean everyone's shows are really really full there's people sort of waiting to get in it feels like so there are people there are punters oh yeah 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 oh there's plenty of punters i think there's 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 obviously fewer punters but there's disproportionately like let's say punters has decreased by you know, 90%, but shows have decreased by 99.9%. So proportionately, there's wow. actually loads of punters per show. Um, How interesting. So actually, everyone's having a very good time. It feels like this must be what the Fringe was like in the 80s or something. Are there awards in that happening this year? No, 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 sadly, no. 
note. Oh, rats. That could have been... <laughs> everyone's chances are, are so much higher. That's right, yeah. It's like the, the some sort of like mid-World War II Olympics, yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. I didn't know that. So, wow. So it's a real, like, for the, just for the sake of the craft year. Yeah, it, it, it feels like Machantleth for, for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, Machantleth Comedy Festival in Wales is the is a uh, very small boutique comedy festival in the tiny town of Machantleth and the Brecon Beacons, and all sort of industry by which we mean like reviewers, journalists, PRs, producers. They're all banned. They're not allowed to be there. And if they are there, they have to come as customers. They can't, you know, work it and turn it into Edinburgh, e.g., an arms race. Um, <laughs> and it's such a small town that you can just walk around trying to buy Welsh rabbit from someone and you can see Stuart Lee and um, sort of Sarah Pascoe or whatever or everyone just sort of walking around in the same little town so it's very nice and the fringe is as close to that as I think it's going to be ever again that's true yeah I mean you are you're making the most of this unique opportunity you know no one is going to be able to enjoy this particular version this comfy version of the Edinburgh Fronge. That's right. It's normally a very intense month. I'm only here for, I'm only here for the six nights. Six nights. I six guess. nights only. Six. Pints, pints, pints. <laughs> Pierre, Pierre, Pierre in neon. <laughs> Pierre, Pierre, Pierre. Six nights only. And the, the sort of um, neon animation is me sipping one of the pints. <laughs> With a cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> winking. And winking. a whip. Yeah, winking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like sort of old and classic, like Golden Age of Vegas songs playing, Tom Jones, whatever. What's the vibe among Edinburghians? Are they like, we'll never take you for granted again? Or have they gone straight back to bloody Southerners coming up and taking over the city? They seem, the ones that I, well, I mean, disproportionately, obviously, I meet the ones who have re-engaged with the Fringe. Yeah, of course. But they, they, they are, there do seem to be a lot of them, and they do seem to be a very sort of ruefully like, oh, you bunch of scamps, you know. I mean, that, that, that goodwill will dissolve um, <laughs> yeah. almost immediately on contact with air. But um, it's, it's very refreshing, because normally, as you say, the, even though the festival brings in you know, a billion pounds for just one month's clowning around, they tend to be very resentful. Um, mm, a lot of people mm. tend to hate it or just leave for a month as if it was Genghis Khan coming I mean I guess I've you know I, I'm, I'm being a bit of a hypocrite because I guess that's how I feel now about tourists in London Yeah, you know when a, when a Spanish family stop st- still <laughs> in a road for no reason at all yeah. <laughs> I go you know what no more tourists ban tourists <laughs> But at the same time, it brings money in, doesn't it? It pays for the same, the very roads that they've stood in the middle of for no reason. That's it, yeah. That's the price we yeah. pay. It is a price you pay. That's the price we pay, Phil. And I'm, I'm up here preparing, as you know, for a recording. Me and um, Garrett Millerick, friend of the podcast and feature of um, the, the, uh, his, his own... Uh, Oh God! What's it? I'm blanking on the name of his podcast. Help me, Phil. Oh, I'm also blanking on it now. It's um, re- um, re- relevant, relevant. <laughs> has it got the word relevant in it? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Laughable, for goodness' sake, Phil. Laughable. Why didn't I think it was called relevant? <laughs> It'd be a very funny name for a podcast. Relevant. <laughs> 
No, Laughable. Garrett's podcast is called Laughable. It's a big hit smash podcast. And me and him are recording an hour of our stand-up each to put on the YouTubes for free. Because we think YouTube's going to be big, Phil. Yeah. Get in on the ground now, Pierre. Yeah. This online video thing is... Uh, I think it's going to blow up. Yeah, I wouldn't want to miss out uh, through my own... Well, of course, I did my, my, my first two... St- st- solo stand-up shows are on YouTube. I-, I made them and put them on YouTube. That's it. Years ago, I was a trailblazer. That's right. I wish I'd uh, I wish I'd copied you immediately, as opposed to just now. Um. <laughs> but you know, I, it, they're now sort of curios, really. Because at the time, I was like, I'm brilliant at stand-up, and if no one will put my specials out, I'll do it myself. <laughs> and looking back now, I'm like, these are pretty. Yeah, I mean, these are sophomore offerings <laughs> um but i leave them up now just as sort of like i don't know for for the odd sort of comedy fan phil wang fan who kind of wants to see you know see, see if you ever think watching me now like uh he's all right you can go back and and realize that it could be worse <laughs> sophomore offerings was a fantastic cellist <laughs> Uh, that's funny. <laughs> do you find that do you look back and you, do you think it's well i mean obviously it's not as good as you are now you you would you would hope so um yeah exactly exactly but it, well, you don't find that it's bad hopefully well i haven't actually watched in a long time because i'm actually worried <clears throat> that if i do watch it i'll I'll be tempted to take them down and i don't really want to take them down i kind of i think it's neat to have that archive yeah up there i think yeah leave them leave them be let let sleeping wangs lie um, yeah <clears throat> excuse me but the point is pod buds these recordings that garrett and i are doing are happening in london 2nd and 3rd of september at pleasance in islington um so do come along garrett is going to be advertising it to the laughable podcast crowd and so it's become a classic pod fight phil it's a pod off it's a pod off it's a good old-fashioned pod off it's a pod of Texas rules. Texas rules. Whoever whoever gets the biggest laughs for their niche long running podcast in jokes wins. <laughs> That's how a Texas style pod off happens. Um, uh, but yes, do come along and you will be immortalized in recording both visual and audio. Uh, Great on the second and third of September. It's um, it should be good. It's a best of. I'm doing a sort of selected a bit of new stuff. Bit, a bit of COVID-y new stuff, get it out of the way, and a selected best of of the last five years or so, uh, which has meant that I, similar to what you're saying with your specials, Phil, I've been going through my archives and yeah. pruning. That's great. I think it's a lovely thing to do. Some, and you, sometimes you rediscover an old bit. I think we've talked about this before. You come up, you come up with the idea, an idea for a bit when early on in your career and you're not actually good enough to make it work yet. And it's like yeah. in a, it's like in a fantasy RPG where you pick up a level 30 sword, but you're only level 10. <laughs> yeah. But you should keep the sword and wait until you're level 30. And there's some bits of material I think you can go back and actually you can probably now do. Yeah, and up, up, till, up till then you try and swing it and it just goes... <laughs> and you do yourself 10 damage. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your living sitch in Edinburgh like? You in a, a lovely flat? I'm in a with... lovely, a lovely sort of flat that's more like a hotel, to be honest, because it's only six nights. Whereas normally, as you know, Phil, we would be in a student flat let out by a tyrannical mm-hmm. local landlord. 
uh, yep. a few miles out of the center. Exactly. Um, with um, a light w- with that is without exception covered with a big that circular lampshade that all lights in Edinburgh have for some reason. All ceiling lights are a single bulb hung with a round, like circular, spherical lampshade. Sort of paper ball. Sorry? A sort of paper ball. Yeah, like a paper <clears throat> ball lampshade. As as seen, actually, probably not just Edinburgh, all of Scotland, as seen in the... the yeah, because it's in Limmy. It's, in, it's on Limmy shows, isn't it's it? It's that Limmy sketch. It's one of my favourite sketches, yeah. yeah, where he becomes addicted to wearing the paper ball on his head. Yeah, it must be a Scottish thing. I wonder how that happens, where just one particular country or place just decides that, you know what, maybe it's just because Scotland has disproportionately had, like got all these really high ceilings and single yeah. bulbs hanging. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I mean, just looking at my, I mean, in my flat now, the ceiling is just too low to have something like that. You you, t- you just take out a lot of headspace. Also, like, if you had a high ceiling of quite a big room with a single bulb lighting it, a lampshade would look silly. Yeah, you look like you're you're trying to set up a uh, a Vietnamese pop up restaurant, and you're trying to make it look like the streets of um, I've forgotten the I've forgotten the oh no I've forgotten the capital of Vietnam um, Ho Chi Minh City Ho Chi Minh City <laughs> um, but it's. But like, I think like a normal like bedroom lampshade in a giant Scottish living room with a high ceiling would look like um, a tiny bowler hat on a very large man. Yeah, yeah. You need something a bit more substantial. Why does Scotland? Why, why do Scottish buildings or Edinburgh buildings they have all these high ceilings? It's in my head. If it's a colder country, you don't want these high rooms that can get much colder. That's a good point. Yeah. Also, they're such old buildings, and old buildings usually have lower ceilings because everyone used to be shorter. Yeah, at some point when they built them, they just went, you know what, we're going mental with this. We're going nuts. (laughs) Two two doors in height. Uh, I do like the flat in Edinburgh. I do miss miss this thing in flat in Edinburgh. Yes, the Fring, Phil. What? 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 The Fring, the Professor Fring. <laughs> uh, oh, and noodles and dumplings. Have you been to noodles and dumplings? Oh, no, we should do that. Oh God, we should do that One today. Of the maybe greatest restaurants in the world. God damn, noodles and dumplings, Edinburgh. Yeah, it's a good point. Gosh, the one that started off um, the Slurpees, my, yes. my Slurpee awards. Yes, well, I mean, your your Slurpees recently uh, made all the difference to a to a local business. Yeah, Macau Kitchen and a brilliant restaurant in Edinburgh of Macanese food, which I'd never had before. Food from Macau. Um, they won. Um, they won uh, the Slurpee in 2019, and Ben Partridge, who makes the fantastic uh, Meat and Dairy podcast, went there and took a photo of the framed and self-made <laughs> Slurpee Award. Mac- Macau Kitchen have framed up and made a Slurpee Award with a picture of me on it. <laughs> saying winner of the 2019 Phil Wang Slurpee Award, which is the I, I've never felt more honored in my life. It was it looked amazing as well. They put a lot of effort into making it look like a real. They really did. They really did. It looks like a real proper award, and it is. I guess it is. But yeah, apparently they said it 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 helped them out. It got people in through the doors, which you know it's mad. Something I just sort of started doing on Twitter for a bit of fun. This is. This is your newfound power. Yeah. 
This is, I will wield it irresponsibly. This is you realizing that you have that kind of lightning force from Star Wars in your hands. <laughs> yeah. You just sort of go, customers for a shop. Yeah. Yeah, I should be, yeah. With great noodle power comes great noodle responsibility, I suppose. That's right. That's right. That's fair. Yeah. Are you, and are you missing noodles and dumplings? Or are you missing, what about the fringe? It's the middle of August, Phil. Are you having phantom fringe pregnancy? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I'm waking up hungover, even though I haven't had anything to drink. It's a, I don't know, it's weird. Um, well, I mean, no, I, I don't, I, I, I don't have this umbilical tie to the Edinburgh Fringe that a lot of comedians seem to. Yeah. But I don't have much of a tie to anything. If I'm if I'm away from something, I, I'm I'm quite happy. I'm I'm away from it. I don't think about it. It's that international brain. Syndrome again. Inter- yeah, international school brain, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, it's a gift and a curse. <laughs> You're like a, a well-traveled baby. You have no object permanence. <laughs> this Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. But this is all inside. This is all inside baseball, Phil. Let's let's get global. Yeah, let's get global and uh, congratulate the Taliban on all their recent successes. They've done so well, the Taliban. <laughs> Twenty years of hurt, Pierre. Twenty years of hurt. <laughs> well, the Taliban is coming home. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Are you, so- <laughs> you, you know what's funny, right? You know what's funny is after, after 2016, after Brexit and Trump, all everyone kept saying was, we need to turn the... Can, can we try turning the world off and on again? Can we turn the world off and on again, please? Can we reset? And then COVID happened. And they kind of got what they were asking for. COVID was a hard reset on the world. Yeah. And now... Um, ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are back together and the Taliban are back. It's 2002 again, baby. It worked. We turned the world off and on again and we're back at 2002. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's terrifying, but it's true. And and the, the president is a, an old guy with a kind of whispery voice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's not quite perfect because he's, you know, a Democrat, but, you know, it's, it's 2002 again. Yeah, I mean... 
Gosh, yeah. Well, 20- the fir- yeah, the, fir- the well, you know, George W. Bush oversaw a disastrous invasion, and Biden's overseen a disastrous withdrawal. <laughs> so it, it's it's a kind of a neat yeah reflection, really, of of one another. It balances out. Yeah, they're an inversion of each other. I read today that um, when when they started planning the 11th of September with withdrawal from Afghanistan this year, American troops, there's um one U.S. Uh, intelligence assessment. Um, predicted that Afghanistan would return to Taliban rule in about six months. Um, and in the end, it was 10 days. Yeah, even the most pessimistic one, apparently, was the most pessimistic prediction from anyone, really, was 90 days. Right. So, oh, I mean, it turns out, Phil, that if you set up a system whereby when you're trying to report on the effectiveness of the Afghan National Army and the only news allowed is good news, you won't really have an accurate picture of if they even exist. Say that again. Well, they have a system... They, the, the, all the articles are about how the U.S. Army, who are, the, the U.S. who are mainly training the Afghan National Army, the only news they really yeah. reported upwards was good news. Right. So it was like the stereotype of what happened with the Soviet Union, where it's like... Everyone is incentivized to lie to the guy above them. And at the end of the chain, someone has to stand in front of the Senate and make sure they still have funding. Mm. So they just go, yeah, it's going brilliantly. They've got laser guns now. Their eyes can see really far. They're 50 feet tall, every one of them. And everyone goes, brilliant. Whereas mm. in reality, mm. they had like ghost battalions, like money was being paid for entire battalions of infantry that didn't even exist. It was just going to oh, some really? Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's an absolute fucking disaster. Yeah, it's a joke. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, absolute joke. And and like depending on where, there's there's some very good um, Twitter accounts of sort of academics and journalists. If you guys want to get more up to date on this incredibly depressing situation, um, and lots of it is like local politics, like people who are actually from the same you know ethnic group or sect, just making deals. A lot of it's just deal making. Um, so. In fairness, sometimes yeah. when they say the city of whatever has fallen, what's actually happened is they've just gone. And rung up their cousin and gone, hey, do you want to surrender? And the cousin's gone like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, seems fair. I mean, what else can they do? Yeah, you should be like, well, fuck it. There's no one else here. I mean, there's nothing, there's no help. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just amazing what... The Middle East is just a a series of lids on boiling pots. (laughs) And and every couple of decades, America just goes... I think we'll just take the lid off. And you can never it's always hard to tell, I guess, what the lid is. You know, with the Iraq war, it turned out the lid on Iraq was Saddam Hussein. Yeah. It didn't look like it, because he was a terrible dictator. But he was the lid on this boiling pot. And but the the surely everyone could have should have seen that American presence this time around was the lid. It was quite clearly the lid. Yeah, well, this is the thing, is that everyone, you know, unless you go out and, like... There's an interesting article from a... from a, who's a lieutenant colonel in the US Army or something, and his job was to go around checking on all this kind of thing, like auditing it and seeing what people needed, kit-wise. And he wrote an article on, in the Armed Forces Journal in 2012 where he was saying, literally none of the reports in Washington tally with anything I've seen. Um... No one, none of the Afghan National Army I met leave their bases. Some of them are like not even there. None of the U.S. troops like them or work well with them because they don't support each other. 
Like, just on and on and on. That was in 2012, so just add another eight years of total decline. Um, mm. So it's just incompetence and mismanagement. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, Sedan. But then does that mean that, that this outcome was inevitable and it's only a matter of time? No, I mean, no. No, I don't think any failure is inevitable. I mean, if they'd actually gone around and made sure the money was being spent on actual soldiers who existed. and the... I mean, Afghanistan is famously this un... You know, it's it's this, sort of this unsolvable place. But I think it's right. it, that's too easy because we weren't like it's unsolvable in the sense that you can't do what the Russians did and try and like stay and govern it as basically as Russians. Whereas mm. you could, in theory, hand it over to some other Afghans because it's not like when we leave, it's it's like the Taliban are governing it, so it's clearly possible to govern, right? Right, right. It's not like it's magical and impossible to govern. It is possible, but. It's not possible if what you do is you create a system so corrupt and overflowing with money that you don't track that a bunch of Afghan soldiers and policemen who want to help but can't fight the fact that they haven't been paid in four months because the guy in charge of their regiment is just stealing all the money and now he lives in Dubai. Mm. So unless you create some kind of system where everyone's really accountable and if a civil servant steals all the money that's supposed to go to the army they get hanged in the town square. I don't know. Something really horrible happens to them, so everyone gets terrified. Or It's it's just that thing where there's no incentive to behave. Why would you? Mm. Yeah. I don't think... I think it's too easy to say that it was inevitable. I think that lets everybody off the hook for being stupid, to be honest. Um, right, but I only say that because it's, it's just... I mean, the history repeats itself with Afghanistan so specifically that it's, almost, it's become cliche now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also just very invadable. Oh. In theory, you could say it's the most invadable place, right? By using the same logic. <laughs> no other country has been <laughs> okay. invaded so often by so many powers. <laughs> Maybe Egypt. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think the, that, uh, you know, it was always going to be... Withdrawing was always going to fuck everything up, but this is like... This is the worst version of all possible worlds that they've done. It just seems like such a, a, a waste. Oh, it's a huge waste. I mean, what did we spend? 460 million? Billion? 46 billion? What was it? I, think it was it was a, six, I, I was in like 65 billion or something. It was a lot of bananas, that's for sure. UK, Afghanistan, expenditure. At least thirty-seven billion. Right. Yeah. Whereas um, the U.S. was two point I mean, two trillion. We spent half a track and trace program on <laughs> Afghanistan. And and given the where our troops were, probably just on Hellman, right? Yeah. And that was the first one to fall. I mean, wouldn't it have been cheaper just to hire the Taliban? Right. At a certain and point. convert them. Just, just hire them somehow or just say, look, we'll pay you the salaries directly. We, we, it won't be corrupt, but just switch sides. Because everyone seems to be switching sides. So clearly it's a lot of it for people. A lot of people is just about money. Survival. Mm, mm. I always think that when... My, the, um, when, my, when, my when, favorite yeah. current... My, my favorite genre of comment from world leaders is um, the Taliban must promise... <laughs> To <laughs> to uphold liberal values. 
<laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, I, I like... Uh... I like all the people who are anti-military interventionism sending their solidarity to the women of Afghanistan. It's absolutely pathetic. Just, I mean, if... Th- thumbs, thumbs up, thumbs up, sisters. <laughs> fucking pathetic. I mean, I mean, if if, uh, if you can watch what is happening in Afghanistan unfold and still be blanket against all intervention, um, I, I, you're beyond help. I think... Yeah. You don't actually care about the world and women and people who live in these dire circumstances. Yeah, I mean, you don't care. You don't care. You just want to say war is bad. Yeah, and of course it's not. And it's not like it's good in the sense that it's ideal. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I was quite surprised that some people sort of being like, there's some public figures, some newspaper outlets starting to sort of go. The Taliban have just retaken this city, and they're being awful to everyone there. And these are sort of people or news outlets who are very sort of like frowny about the the war generally, or about the idea of it. Sort of going, "Oh, what a waste! Oh, isn't there a better way?" And then, and sort of, it's like, "Well, you weren't that pro. Like, this is what this is what's going to happen. Like, you can't you can't be anti it and then not uh, understand that this is what's going to happen. Like, make your peace with it." Don't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think they were going to yeah, do? The I Taliban mean, were going to go, no, we were only against new girls' schools. I mean, there's that, there's that statement from the Stop the War Coalition <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, we, that we both saw, which was like, um, <laughs> the, the West must now pay reparations to the Taliban for occupying Afghanistan and also accept all refugees from Afghanistan. Yeah. It's like, okay, so then should the Taliban have been in charge or not? What do you believe? <laughs> what is it you think should have happened to people? Oh, yeah. People are so thick. They're saying we should, we, should take, we should take refugees from... Afghanistan, because they're fleeing the Taliban, who we should also give hundreds of millions of pounds to. To kind of supercharge them. I don't know. They, 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 it's one of the... It's, 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 it's one of the thickest organizations out there, I'd say. And it's a real shame that the, the fact that they were clever enough to be the loudest voice and the best physical presence in, on all the Iraq war marches in 2003... Have it's given them this level of prominence when they're so strange and run by such a bunch of weirdos and have these insane takes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it goes to show the power of uh, a good name. Just call yourself Stop the War. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds yeah. sensible. Yeah, no one wants to join the Keep the War Going Please Coalition. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to start the first meeting fill of the Keep Shooting People Club, and no one showed up. The only people who showed up were people from Stop the War to protest it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I was expecting... Yeah, it's, terribly, a, it's terribly depressing, but also kind of retro. Yeah. It's, it's kind of retro, Pierre. Yeah, it's all back. Everything, it's, 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 it's the early noughties again. This, is, this just goes to show how far our nostalgia culture has gone <laughs> i mean you know what i mean yeah we're, you know we're, we're making sequels to avatar we're um we're rebooting um what the fuck's getting rebooted at the moment making fucking cruella 
Yeah. Where Star bringing Wars. back all these old franchises, including the Taliban. <laughs> this is this is nostalgia culture gone too far. How soon? How soon do you think it'll be when nostalgia culture catches up so quickly that it's just back to making current affairs programs? Mm. Which is the news. The news is nostalgia culture for what happened that day. Yeah, well, I want I want um, repeats of the news from two thousand and five. <laughs> How soon do you think Netflix will do a kind of like a, you know Narcos style drama about just the Taliban? Oh, uh, it's definitely it's definitely going to come. It's got to be on the way, um, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd, be, it'd probably be pretty good, actually. I mean, it's, it's it make for a good drama. I mean, was that? Yeah. yeah, it'd be like Homeland, basically, but maybe from the Afghan perspective. Well, it'd be very Game of Thrones because there's all different warlords and factions. Of and, course, of course. And it would be funny that more research would go into that Netflix um, series than has been done clearly by the U.S. Department of Defense <laughs> over the past uh-huh. two decades. Two decades, Phil. There are people fighting in the war who were not born when it began. Mm, terrible. Crazy. Well, I mean, that's my tickets to Kabul ripped up. <laughs> oh, man. Another holiday. <laughs> another holiday ruined. By, thanks a lot, 2021. I, another I, holiday I, ruined. I can't believe they've put it in the, on the red list. <laughs> Government can't make up its mind about what countries. Yeah, God. When do you think in in life? When do, when do you think we'll get to the point where we can go as tourists? When it'll be something that people do and it isn't doesn't sound too insane. It'll be a bit like going to India, to Afghanistan. Yeah. Well, I mean, when was the last time that was the case? Nineteen seventies. Yeah. So. So. Huh. Um, I would say. I would say maybe when you and I are 80 years old. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair, yeah. We go on some kind of, like, uh, pensioner's cruise. A desert cruise. We have to wait for for Jeff Bezos to buy Afghanistan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, with his arm. I mean, he probably has... he, He could just buy out the Taliban. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, as a franchise. And he also has more drones than the U.S. Army. (laughs) <laughs> yeah he's also probably Amazon has so much data he probably would have found Bin Laden faster as well <laughs> just looked up where he was getting all those packages delivered oh yeah we we, we sent him like 20 Brita filters last weekend we know exactly where he is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he's got a subscription going on them don't know what he's drinking but <laughs> God, yeah, in his little compound. They should have... I mean, what, what would have been the smartest thing to do? The second you shoot Bin Laden in the face, just then leave Afghanistan and say, yeah, that's who we came here to kill. And even though he was in Pakistan, we're going to leave. Mm. That would have at least made it seem like you had a consistent mission and you'd done it. And at least there wouldn't have been the sense of loss having brought Afghanistan to some level of st- stability and democracy only to lose it again. Yeah, maybe that would have been... 
Maybe that would have been the second worst version of all possible worlds. But I mean, this is this is literally the argument of people like the stop of the war. Is like we shouldn't have done anything and just let it, let let this have been the case for the last twenty years as well. <laughs> just just um just put up with just put up with the them existing and just Bin Laden just hanging out filming videos. His videos getting gradually more advanced, then joining TikTok. They'd be on TikTok. He'd have a TikTok account. Right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'd have a kind of Bin Laden filter. He'd be putting his own music up there. But you know, one thing I have to give props to the Taliban for, and it's not something I like to make a habit of, <laughs> is um, is their commitment to their those outfits. It's been twenty years; they still dress yeah. exactly the same. They have yeah. seen all the fads come around: bum bags, sportswear, <laughs> bucket hats, and they've gone no, 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 no. We know our wardrobe. We know what works. They're like they're like uh, they're like Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, they have an outfit. They're too busy to to. They, there's one less decision to make in the morning because they're busy. They've they've been extremely busy. I mean, we should have known we could never conquer any group strong enough to ignore the Ugg boot craze. <laughs> 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 what else? Have, what else have they missed? It's funny when you look back and realize that you know, the clothing of your era did have a thing. Yeah. What else have they missed? It's sort of um, skinny jeans. They were never going to go for that. No. No, far too revealing. Skinny jeans, wheelies, <laughs> wheelie shoes. Yeah, um, maybe that's how they've taken the country so quickly. <laughs> Just wearing light up sketches, yeah. Uh, God, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, but then okay. Mm. It certainly puts mm. real problems into perspective, right? But now this is where my Middle Eastern scholarship fails me. What from from here on? You know, is it is it going? Is it? Is it going to be effectively like a terrorist group has its own country now? Or is it a new kind of stability in the Middle East? Is it the kind of stability that we had before 2001? Well, they, well before the 2001, it was, it was still like an ongoing civil war. So either it's going to be like that, or the, the new stability is so precious that even the Taliban want it. And they, I mean, certainly like the, the Keta Shura, like the kind of Doha-based external, like world-facing Taliban figures are all Yeah, saying, they have an office in Doha. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's in like a nice building. I was trying to <laughs> imagine it. We go in and it's is like... Is there a reception? Um, it's, like a, it's like the Apple offices. It's like Google. Yeah, it's like really nice and like metal and glass. Yeah, and they've, but they've got like thought pods and and bouncy ball rooms and <laughs> <laughs> and a pick and mix, a pick and mix in the break room. Yeah, this guys, people are skateboarding, <laughs> and they're just like, this is where we just like to sit and brainstorm ideas on how to take back Afghanistan. <laughs> they're just really uh, cool and young, um, so they keep saying very you like the hot desk. <laughs> I guess every desk is a hot desk in Doha. <laughs> 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 just our little joke. Um, but they've all been saying things like, oh no, everything's going to be brilliant and it's stable and wonderful and fine and we're going to keep everything going. Um, but they've also, more importantly, given that they share 
you know, borders with Russia, China, and Pakistan. They've been also saying it to them. So mm. they do have a massive incentive to just keep everything. Because they probably have more control now than they even did in the 90s. Because they, they control a lot more of like the northern provinces. Or like the northern alliance is what helped us invade in 2001 in the first place. I see. So maybe, I mean, God knows. But then equally, like, they say all that stuff internationally and everyone sounds you know, very reassured. But then the stuff they're saying locally is the same stuff they said before. Mm. So we'll find out who's lying, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. I wonder I, everyone's wondering what the fuck China's going to do, because China, it's not like China's really in favor of. Muslim and and non-Chinese ethnic groups suddenly gaining a lot of power and making their own country. Yeah. So Yeah, and they have a lot of interest in Pakistan, which is right there. Yeah, it's yeah, that's going to be the big thing. It's what the hell are those guys going to do? Cuz I mean, as much as America does care, once America's gone, it's quite far away. Mhm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, god. Interesting interesting times, unfortunately. I mean, first Do you reckon this will be like sort of ironically biden's iraq yeah it's 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 annoying isn't it because there's that clip everyone's sharing on twitter of donald trump boasting about he how he started the withdrawal and biden can't stop it right which is true trump but, biden, started, but, but, but biden's always been correct me if i'm wrong he's always been anti um afghan occupation he's wanted to leave yeah been, yeah but yeah, he's like since like 2008, basically. Yeah, but it's since a, the Obama days. He's wanted to get out. It's a shame that something that Donald Trump wanted to have credit for, and openly said was his idea, is now going to be used as a stick to beat the other guy with. But you know, right? But had Biden not wanted to withdraw, he they wouldn't have. Sure, obviously that it's still, but like the, the the decisions, various decisions had been made before he took office. He just happened to agree. I'm just saying that, put it this way, yeah. the blame's going to be put on the Democrat Party, not on America. Ye- okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying I wouldn't mind the blame as much as if they were like, oh no, Donald Trump and Joe Biden did this stupid fucking bad geopolitical decision, or at least a good geopolitical decision done at the wrong time in a bad way, but it's not going to be that. But equally, mm-hmm. Nixon withdrew from Vietnam, and that got that was completely fucked as well, and no one cares. Well, this is what I think Biden has said as much. Is that he's kind of betting on this being like his Vietnam, and eventually no one will care. Yeah, and everyone's far enough away. I mean, that's why Donald Trump said it because the the groundswell of American people seemed to just be like, "Who gives a shit? We don't even. We never even heard of this place before. Fuck it, let's go." So yeah, we've got. I mean, we've got Bin Laden. Why are we still there? I mean, that's a completely understandable uh, attitude to have if you're. If you're Joe Sixpack. Yeah. It's only it's only soppy, wet little internationalists like us that care, Phil, I'm afraid. <laughs> we are soppy and wet. We're also closer. That's 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 the main thing <laughs> for us. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's true. You know, it's it, you know, it's like it's like we've already have a refugee crisis and now we've got an, a new refugee crisis chaser. <laughs> yeah. To to wash down the refugee crisis Europe has already in yes yeah and uh, and during a period in which um it's the most justified period in which to take afghan refugees at a, at a period in which countries are the least in favor of it especially like macron and merkel mm-hmm. yeah so that's going to be that's going to be another delightful thing well thank god covid's over <laughs> 
Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine having your city taken over by the Taliban and then you get COVID. Yeah, I mean... It's just a disproportionate it's, it's amount. It's not like of... you were going out anyway. It's not like you were... <laughs> oh, I have to isolate. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the nightlife is going to suffer regardless, I suppose. Gosh. Mm. Ugh, well, if you can uh, donate any money to any of the... I mean, there's a million and one different causes being tweeted about that are designed to help people in Afghanistan. And if you can spare any money, then give it. But otherwise, I don't know, write a letter to your MP or your congressman or whoever. But yeah, it's kind of it, really. We've just got to sit here, Phil, and focus on our little jokes. Our little important jokes, Pierre. Our crucial Don't forget jokes. how important our jokes are. <laughs> and that comedy can change the world. Don't forget. That's why you're in Edinburgh. That's right. I'm Remember, in Edinburgh. You're there to change the world. I'm in Edinburgh because if I can amuse just one high-ranking member of the Taliban, <laughs> may, maybe I could win him over. Yeah. <laughs> like, he'll be like, um, when you and I win over audience members who are like very sort of laddie and aggressive... Yeah, you're, yeah, you're like, huh? Wow, I guess we are kind of just all the same. Yeah, yeah, and he'll be like, to be fair, I was ready to hate you, but that was pretty—that was actually pretty funny, to be fair. And he'll be like, oh, thank you, thank you. You know, I don't normally like infidel comedians, but you—you <laughs> you were good. You were good. <laughs> oh, I hate it when they say that. Yeah, as you afterwards. Yeah, why can't they just say they liked it? Why do they keep having to point out that I'm an infidel? <laughs> infidel comedians don't have to deal with this shit. I mean, not, non-infidel comedians don't have to deal with this shit. <laughs> they just assume to be doing comedy for comedy's sake. Because I'm an infidel. That's that's I'm an infidel before I'm a comedian. It's like that's um yeah. Mike Mike Al McIntyre would never have to deal with this. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> I would love yeah. to see someone who can do a really good McIntyre impression trying to do a whole set as a kind of high, kind of Taliban observational comedian. Yeah, I mean that that as a combination feels so retro. That is mid noughties shit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Mike Al McIntyre. <laughs> yeah, and he's doing observational stuff about how all the kids are on Facebook now or something. <laughs> Keeps mentioning MySpace. God. Well, well, it's um, it's a heavy one this week. Yeah, it's a heavy week though, I suppose. But if you're if but if we've you know if you need cheering up, then ah, Pianovelli and Garrett Millerick, second or third of September, Pleasant Islington, London, special recordings. It'll be a good time. Lovely. It'll be a good time. Lovely. Please do come along. It'll be an hour from each of us, so it's good value for money. Um. Um. Yeah, meanwhile, my uh, my special Philly Philly Wang Wang is still on Netflix. I haven't taken it down yet. Not yet. And I'm taking it on tour to finish the 2020 tour in September and October around the UK. Yes, nice. Um, so the, catch that tour, or can they do anything to somehow make it more powerful on Netflix, Phil? More powerful? Well, they can watch it. I don't know if those thumb, thumbs ups um, are calculated. They must be. They must be. Are they still yeah. there, the thumbs? I think so. I think you can hit the... Yeah, I think you can hit, like, like I like this or whatever. Okay, well, keep thumbing it, everyone. 
Yeah, keep thumbing it, thumbing it. All right. Thumbing it, thumbing it, thumbing it. All right, everybody. (laughs) Cheers, everyone. Bye. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.